This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up. Presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. If you have not, please go on to iTunes and leave us a review. I would love to hear you guys' feedback of the show. And also, as people are starting to find us, as God is starting to lead more people to this show, I want them to, to be able to see how much you guys love it, what you think about it, and all of that good stuff. Now, before we get into today's episode, I do want to remind you guys, I'm going to be speaking on November 17th at For Visionaries Only. It is a faithpreneur, so a faith-based entrepreneur retreat in um, the Georgia mountains. And I believe it's about an hour or so outside of Atlanta. So if you are in the Atlanta area, the Georgia area, definitely come see me, come to the event. I know that God has entrusted a huge vision in Jasmine. And I just know she is just going to execute this flawlessly. And I'm excited to be a part of it. And I'm more so excited about the things that God is going to do through everybody who's a part of the event. So go to for visionary only for visionaries only sorry.com to get your tickets. I will also post the link to the event in the show description. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, before we start, to, I'm super excited today. The reason being is today is Monday, August 27th, it's about 9 a.m. right now. And today is my last fasting day. So for you guys that don't know, a year ago, 
is when I really started, not just a year ago, but over a year ago. So we'll say, we'll just say January of 2017, the beginning of last year was when I I really began to get serious about growing my relationship with God. I had been so inconsistent up until that point where sometimes I was excited about God. Sometimes I wasn't. Sometimes I said I was going to surrender. Then I took it back and went to doing things the way that I wanted to do them. But it wasn't until last year where God really just started to work in me and around this time last year is when um, things as far as my relationship with God really began to pick up and I asked God to light a fire on the inside of me for him because I wanted to be passionate about him I hadn't been up until that point I logically knew that God had always been not just logically but I knew that God had always been a part of my life and I always knew that even in my darkest moments that I've always known that God was there with me but I just wasn't passionate about truly obeying God and doing everything that he wants me to do and it wasn't until this time last year that that I asked for him to really light a fire on the inside of me and that fire has been just lit ever since and around that time also God shared with me to fast weekly for a year and so every week from I think I started August 28th of last year and I fasted on I fast on Mondays and I think the only Mondays I didn't do were the holidays because Christmas and New Year's were both on Mondays this year so I picked another day of the week to fast on those weeks um, and I remember praying and asking God like is it okay you know I I know I've been doing Mondays and so um, yeah so getting that green light from God for those weeks I switched the days but every week consistently for the last year Per God's instructions, I have fasted and today is actually the last day of that year. And it's funny because when I got that message from him, I literally wrote in my phone, I set a calendar reminder of August 27th, 2018 last year because I was not playing (laughs) fasting is not easy so I was like listen I need to go back to eating so I'm going to put this in my calendar so I don't forget this day and um yeah so the day has come and I'm excited because if I just look back over the past year I don't even recognize myself like I would hear pastors talk about like when you truly surrender to God and you allow him to to really do a work in you that you oftentimes it's not like this big reveal. There isn't like this huge event that makes you see yourself the way God sees you. Usually you just look up and it's like, who is this person? And that's how I feel. I'm like looking at myself in the mirror like who is this woman? Like, where, who is this woman? I started this journey broken with a lot of insecurities. I remember God was telling me to do the podcast by myself and to change it to the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. And I was so hesitant to do that because I was like who wants to just listen to me like I feel like I needed a co-host or somebody else to somehow validate what I had to say or I needed somebody else who offered something different because I felt like I could be too deep and people don't want to listen to that and it was just so many reservations that I had and I was like well if I change this and start talking about God who's gonna who's gonna want to listen to a show that that is that is about business but we're talking about God. What if people don't? I was too consumed with what people would do. And and I would allow I allowed uh, can't talk today. I allowed my insecurities to really 
cloud my thoughts and cloud my judgment. But in the midst of all of that, I still did what God told me to do. So now looking back and just looking at what this podcast has become, who I have become offline, because I I like to think that I'm not one of those people who puts on a great picture or facade or paints this beautiful orchestrated picture of who I am. Like I I like to believe that offline I'm way better than what I present myself to be online simply because I allow God to just work in me. And I am honest and real about all the flaws that I have. And so just looking in the mirror now is just like, wow, God, you have really molded me into a woman. I'm very proud of all of those broken areas that, ruled me for so long that I was so used to so so much so that I didn't even realize that I was still so broken just working on those things and and the inconsistency with my relationship with God that being totally different now and then me being so insecure about certain areas or me not thinking that anybody cared what I had to say now me being so unapologetic about talking about God unapologetic about my journey especially the bad times, definitely unapologetic um, about my flaws, unapologetic about the successes. It's just this unapologetic theme now is something that is so new to me. And I'm just so grateful that over the last year, God has really began to do a work in me. And this morning, as I was praying, I was actually um, going through my old journals because I wanted to see what I was talking about at this time last year. And that's one of the reasons I love to journals because you can go back in and revisit some places that you were at. So I was looking at my journal from this time last year. And so it was this time last year where God just kept telling me I have big things in store for you you have to seek me in order to see the success I have for you you have to do this you have to do that like God was giving me so many instructions and I was just doing them but I was also frustrated I, I was I remember reading uh, a passage in my journal where before I started fasting weekly from food I had fasted for 30 days from um, alcohol. So I was never like a heavy turn up type of person, but I did love wine and I did love to have a drink here and there or whatever. So, um, well, I wasn't a turn up person last year, college Lord, but anyway, (laughs) so, um, I was, I had fasted from alcohol completely And I remember writing down the things that I wanted, I was believing in God for, for those 30 days. And a lot of those things came to pass. And a lot of those things were in regards to other people and my family specifically, those things came to pass. But as I was, as I was um, going through that, I was, I wrote in my journal about how difficult it was not to drink. And I didn't know it was going to be so hard to not have a glass of wine. And, and I was saying how difficult it was, but I was going to push through. And I was, and I was cracking up as I was reading this, because one of the things that God showed me for 2018, as I told you guys before, is not to drink. So it's been like a whole eight months. And I, drink not drinking alcohol is not a problem for me so it's just funny how I was two weeks in 
and I was so I was so distraught and I was so hurt and I was struggling so much. It was just it was funny to read that. But then I was also reading just the things I was believing in God for. So around that time, I was doing um, consulting and coaching. So I was working with entrepreneurs on building their brands and their businesses. And so I was believing in God for clients and not just clients, but good clients, people that were going to pay on time, people that were going to actually listen to me and implement the things that I gave them to see results in their business. I was praying for good clients. And um, I remember I had wrote down, I was believing in God or God had told me that I was going to have a breakthrough soon. And within like the next week, I had like four clients sign up within a week. And I want to say half of them paid the whole because my programs were six months and so half of them paid the six months in full so I had like a nice little bonus check so to speak in that month of just really believing in God so Anyway, it was just interesting for me this morning to just go back to last year and see where I was at. And then also just read some of my entries over the past year and seeing the things that God has really um, taken me through and pulled me out of. And then also just understanding or revisiting a lot of the promises that God has given me because I'm still waiting for a lot of things that God has promised me. But overall, just the woman that I've become, I'm just so proud. And so today is just a really special day for me because it's like a a completion of that. I finally feel like who God was telling me I was last year that I was like, okay, I don't know, God, I'm going to do it. But I don't really know if I believe this. So all that skepticism I had is just gone and it's been replaced with just confidence in who God has called me to be in the kingdom. And there's still some nervousness on a lot of the things, especially some things that God has revealed to me um, recently. But it's just so amazing to to look at myself now and just to see everything that he's done. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, but I say all that to say, I want it for any of you guys who is going who are on this journey as well of making God your CEO and just recommitting yourself in general to God. It's important to keep a journal so you can be able to reflect. Um, but also just stay strong in the process because it is difficult. I mean, if you go back to um, what episode, I don't know what episodes there were, but I know the titles were um, this, the finding peace and being planted is the one I think about now that podcast episode I was really talking about the difficulties of being planted and the difficulties of this season of surrendering to God but for you guys who are you can listen to that episode for some encouragement but I just want you to just stand firm on the things that God is showing you I want you to just stand firm on committing yourself to him and stay consistent because after a while you're going to be able to look in the mirror as well and be like oh my gosh how did I even get here and it's just going to be a result of all of the things that God has allowed you to go through on this journey for today's episode I want to answer some questions I had some really good questions lately and so I wanted to um, just spend this episode breaking those down because I think that everybody in here who has questions have very common questions that I believe a lot of you can get something out of. If you want to submit a question for me to answer, you can send me an email, Tatum at TatumTamia.com, or you can go to BlessedAndBossedUp.com and click on the Ask a Boss tab and submit your question there. 
So the first question says, I just want to thank you for being so inspirational to God be the glory for giving you gems every week to bless us. Thanks. God gave me a vision to open a business for a support group for people who are family of loved ones that struggle with addiction. My mom struggles with drug addiction. She has been struggling since I was a child. I'm so afraid to open up the wounds of my childhood and help others that struggle with the same wounds. I do the I do not know how or even where to start. I know God wants me to help and heal others, but I can't. I'm not sure if I'm ready to forgive her. I have so much anger buried down in me. I would love your advice on where to start and how to even start opening up to other people. Great, great, great question. So the first thing that I would say is to really watch your words. Um, the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And the last thing that you really want to do is to start a journey that requires so much out of you because this journey of, of really getting yourself healed is not going to be easy. So the last thing that you want to do is cancel out your blessings by the things that you say. And a lot of times that is very difficult to for God to tell you that you're healed from the emotional baggage or the brokenness of your mother's relationship. Relationship, but then you're speaking against it. So for me, that's difficult for me as well, because I'm one of those people who likes to call a spade a spade. Right. But as a Christian, I have to speak to what God said and not necessarily to what I see. And for me, the only way that I can do that is to find scriptures that speak to it. And I just say the scriptures because coming up with something else is going to be hard enough. And so I suggest you do the same thing. Instead of saying that I can't, then say I can do all three all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what I mean? And instead of saying, I'm not sure if I'm ready to forgive her, find a scripture about forgiveness and continuously speak that because it's going to be hard. And um, on this journey that God is going to put you in, it's going to be hard. The next thing I want to say is I know God gave you a vision to have a support group for people who have gone through what you've gone through, but it's so important that you heal yourself before you start attempting to help others. It's so important that you do that first. And a lot of times God gives us these visions and gives us these business ideas in um, in order for us to have something to hold on to. So remember, I always talk about on the show, just the remember uh, or think about the people that you're called to help. So he's showing you this so that as you're going through this journey of getting healed and digging up these wounds that you don't want to deal with, you're able to keep the people in mind that are just like you. And that can provide the motivation that you need to keep going. So again, remember, God tells us these things, not necessarily for us to, to do the business right away or to help the people right away, but to give us hope or something to hold on to in this journey. And, um, this is something that I personally can very much so relate to. I often talk about, I always often say, um, or I just talk about in general, my relationship with both of my parents and how I, I was a person who had both daddy issues and mommy issues. And a lot of the brokenness that I had as a result of those relationships carried over into my adult life. And a lot of those things, especially over the past year, I've had to really address and not only address the healing or address the broken areas that were in me and heal them. Now I have to take that and navigate and, and try to create a new relationship with, with my parents that 
And that is often difficult. You know what I mean? It's, it's great to get healed yourself, but your parents are still alive. They're still there. So now it's just as this grown person who was once this broken child, you now have to try to develop or define what that relationship is going to look like. And then a lot of times that's difficult, you know, dealing with the other person and any type of hurt that they have. Because if your mother struggled with addiction, there were some things that she was battling herself that caused her to become addicted to whatever she was addicted to. And so I'm sure that was very difficult for her. And then, of course, it's difficult for you because as a child, you didn't ask to be here. You know, the you just expected that your mother was going to love you and provide for you and take care of you and give you all the things that you needed. But you didn't get that because of the things that she was struggling with and what I, I feel for you I want to and, and I relate to you because of my own situation I do want to also challenge you to try to see what your mother was going through and I'm not saying this to let her off the hook because I know somebody would have told me this maybe like five years ago, then I would have told them to get out of my face because that's not my problem. That's something that I would have personally said. But I, I under, so I understand if you like, I don't want to hear that Tatum, but I do challenge you to try to see where she's coming from because then it'll begin or to, to see what she was going through because then it will begin to open up your heart a little bit more for you to be able to say, okay, you weren't intentionally addicted to something you know an addiction is so strong that it becomes out of your control so you didn't you didn't intentionally do these things but you did so I'm broken because of them I have pain and, and anger that I'm holding on to because of them but because I'm I know that you didn't choose this or because this this addiction this disease took over you I'm going to open up my heart a little bit to try to understand that and open up my heart enough so that I can be able to forgive you and anger sometimes closes us up so so much and it leads us to not being able to forgive and T.D. Jake says something that has really stuck with me as it relates to forgiveness he said that harboring anger and unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die it doesn't work you have to you have to be whole you have to be healed because of the people that you're supposed to help and also so that God can use you and you can become all of the amazing things that, that God knew were meant for you before he formed you in your mother's womb. So even the Bible says he knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. So he knew that you were going to go through all of these things. He knew that, that these things were going to, uh, prepare you for the vision that he gave you and so because he knew this one you really do have to cling to God and two because you're saying you know you don't know where to start I highly suggest going to therapy as black women we have become way too used to functioning and dysfunction we have become so functional and brokenness and and hurt and putting on these masks because we've always had to that we oftentimes don't go back and address those things so that we can be the best woman that we were put on this earth to be and as Christians in particular we don't talk about therapy enough you can pray and go to therapy and go to a qualified 
qualified professional that'll that'll be able to help you navigate this anger and give you activities or exercises or whatever that'll help you navigate this anger and help you get over certain things, help you to be able to communicate with your mother, help you to be able to help other people. So again, going back to you as what you should do, cling to God and go to therapy. But these things can happen simultaneously. Uh, I would suggest finding a, a, a therapist who is faith based because that way they do have a relationship um, with God or they, they are licensed and all of that good stuff in their education. So they're qualified on paper. Um, but they also are qualified in the spirit because they are saved and have a relationship with God. So I would highly suggest finding a therapist um, preferably faith-based that'll be able to help you with this, but nothing beats the one-on-one relationship with God though. So really just clinging to God and asking him, what do I have to do to forgive my mother? Some of the things that I've done, uh, practically over the years is I've written letters to my parents that I've never sent. Um, I have prayed and, it's very difficult to stay angry while you're praying for somebody. And so praying for people who have hurt me has really helped me because it's allowed me to, to put my feelings to the side, to put my hurt to the side and really just allow the God in me to shine. So praying for people really helps pray for your mother. And I'm laughing because I know the place that you're in because I was there. And if somebody was to be telling me the things I'm telling to you right now, I will be rolling my eyes. But I have to tell you these things because these are the right things to do. These are the God things to do. But I do want to just reiterate that this is not for you, for your mother. This is for you. This is for you to be all that God calls you to be. This is for you to be whole so that when you're helping those women or those people who were just like you, you'll be able to speak and meet them exactly where they are and not still harboring any unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can be so detrimental to you. It can cause stress. Anger can cause stress and anxiety and and all of these things. We're inviting the uh, all of these things into us by holding on to unforgiveness and anger. So that would be my advice to you. Just start with therapy. Seek, seek a qualified professional to help you navigate that childhood and just provide a safe space for you to be vulnerable. Um, and then also cling to God. Tell God how you feel. I've if I go back to my prayer journals from a couple of years ago, I would tell, well, I didn't have a prayer journal a couple of years ago, but just me writing down my feelings and anything a couple of years ago, it was like, God, I'm angry. I don't want to pray for her. She did this. Why do I have to forgive her? I didn't deserve that. I'm so upset that now I have to deal with this because of that. Like it's, it's a lot, a, a lot of feelings that you're entitled to. So get those feelings out. And a lot of people, I don't, I don't know if we feel like we have to put on an act for God, but God already knows that you're angry. He already knows you're upset. He already knows these things. So cast your cares on him. Tell him how you feel straight up and ask him to, to, to position your heart or shift your heart so that you can be able to open yourself up to healing so that you can be able to get rid of this anger that you're holding on to while you're also going to therapy and things like that. So I'm just, I'm really excited that 
you're willing to do this because a lot of people is like, I'm not even, I'm not even dealing with that. I'm not even about to go there. I'm grown now. It's over. That's in the past. I'm forgetting about it, but still harboring onto those, those angry emotions. And so God has given you this vision for a reason. It's time for you to really address the hurt and the pain that you're holding onto so that you can help those people. Remember a couple episodes ago, I read the letter about the young lady who left a domestic violence situation as a result of listening to this podcast. And I'm like, and that really touched me so much because it was like, wow, what if I didn't do what God told me to do? What if I didn't accept this call that's on my life? What if I just kept my podcast the way it was and we just talked about business and kept it surface level to a certain extent? What if what if I I didn't do these things? What would that mean for her? What would that mean for the other people who send me emails? What would that mean for them? And that's enough to keep me on track. And so I want you to think about that, too. What does you holding on to this anger and you feeling like you can't forgive her? What does that mean for the people or the family of people who who suffer from addiction? What does that mean for them? Think about those people. Think about who you needed when you were going through this the most and allow that to motivate you to taking the steps necessary to heal yourself. I also do want to caution you um, that don't think that this is going to be an easy journey. Um, I can definitely speak to this firsthand because this is something that I'm currently going through, just the restoration process. It's hard, especially with the mother-daughter relationship. Like This is the person who held you, who carried you for nine months. This is the person who breastfed you, the person that you were most connected to in the world. When that person disappoints you, it is hard. It is heartbreaking even seems like not even a deep enough word to explain the pain that that causes or the the level of hurt that that puts on you. And so I understand everything that you're going through. And so me, as I'm going through this process myself of restoring my relationship, it's very hard because now you're an adult, you grown, you got your own feelings, you got your own life you're trying to build, you got your own things you're trying to do. And God is telling you to go back to, to these dark areas that you don't want to look at. Like it's difficult and it's not going to get easy. It's going to be worth it in the long run, but it's not going to get easier. So I do want to just caution you because I don't want you to think that when you do this, it's just going to all of a sudden be peaches and roses because it's not anything that um, always say like in order to make a masterpiece, you got to disfigure the materials a little bit. So if, if the Bible says that he's the potter and we're the clay in order for you to, to mold the clay into a vase or whatever it is you're making, you got to disfigure it. And so it is going to be painful in this process. And so I do want to warn you of that, um, because, It's just something that's a part of it, but the pain is going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it when you get, when you start your program or whatever the business specifics are going to be, it's going to be worth it when you start hearing those people say, because of you, I didn't kill myself because of you. I, I, I sought therapy because of you. I now have a thriving relationship with my mother because of you. I gave up the addiction that I care that I took on as a result of what I went through. So it's going to be so worth it. But yes, cling to God and go to therapy so that a a qualified professional can really help you navigate those feelings. 
Okay, so the next question is more um, business focused. It says that I'm 33, a mother, wife, full-time employee, and entrepreneur. I have a natural hair care line for children. I am the co-owner of this brand, Crowned Curlies, based out of Chicago. The line started... Excuse me. The line started in 2015, but was birthed and launched in 2016. We have created five natural hair care products that customers say are great, but we never receive feedback from customers unless we ask. No one is tagging us anymore and giving product review. It's something lacking with our company, and I just can't put my finger on it. I feel that we need help with marketing and branding. Last year, we traveled to merit many hair shows, but never really had a big return on our investments. It's been really difficult, and I feel my passion is gone, but I don't want to give up. I've had hustles in the past, but a brand but never a brand. And I've invested so much into this. Also, I've always had a passion for fitness. I have a platform on social media, which displays my weight loss journey. And I host 30 day challenges from time to time. I wanted to get more serious about it, like recording workouts, live cooking sessions, and wanted to make an income stream from this. Do you think I'm dabbling in too much? And how can I connect the two? Or do I even need to? Thanks for hearing me out. Um, Okay, so I have some notes a couple of notes for this because we touched on two different things. So when let's talk about the first thing, the business, the natural hair care line for children that um, you co-own. So I had wrote down some questions. I wanted to know, like, what is the agreement? Well, first, not seeing success or seeing the return on your investment isn't a time to quit, but it really is a time to look into the, the nitty gritty details of your business and figure out where the problems are. So you said that you're a co-owner. So I, I would ask you, like, what is the agreement between you and your partner? Who does what? Is somebody's job marketing specifically? Is somebody's job product development? Like, what is it? A benefit that you guys have is that it's two of you. So is your agreement? agreement or or well formulated in a way that allows you guys to really be as effective as possible um i would ask if you have i don't know what your business format is but if you have an operating agreement then i will highly if you have an llc i mean i would highly suggest creating if you don't already an operating agreement where you guys really come together and figure out who is going to do what Who's going to be in charge of what? Who's going to be um, the lead for whatever? But really just ironing out the details that allows the business to be as productive as possible. If you guys have a partnership, it's called a partnership agreement, but it's the same thing to really just figure out how are we going to come together as two people to make this business successful and how are we going to divvy up the task so that we optimize productivity and get this return on our investment? So if you don't have that, I highly suggest doing that because that may show some gaps in your business. If you're both just figuring things out or you don't have any real structure in place, that could be a problem as well. Now, the next thing is the next the question I would ask is what makes your business different or your product different from other natural hair care products? 
this is a step that so many people miss because a lot of times the if you have to really convince people to buy it's because you don't you aren't really solving a problem or you don't have a strong um unique selling proposition which is the thing that makes your product different so if you are a natural hair care line and your business is specific for kids what makes it different from other brands who market to kids why can't what makes your product different to where I wouldn't just use whatever I use on my hair or my child's hair coming up with that unique selling proposition is so important or figuring out what problem you solve is extremely important when I went on your website since you gave me the business name I decided to look it up um so I went on your website I saw you guys have like um hair gummies so I'm assuming it promotes hair growth now, are this is this product FDA approved? Do you have like scientific evidence that shows this increases um, hair growth in children or hair density in children, whatever? If you don't have those things, that's something that will help with your unique selling proposition. So now you have a, a product that stands out because you have studies that show that this actually works. You have the stamp of the government to show that this is something that is legitimate. So again, really figuring out what that unique selling proposition is. You guys, you said that you guys went to hair shows. Now, you didn't and you said that you didn't see a return on your investment. Now, when you went to the hair shows, were you just set up shop to sell products or are you really talking to people to figure out what they're looking for? One of the best things you can do in the in environments like that when you're actually face to face with your consumer is to get information from them. So talking to moms and figure out what problems are you having with your daughter's hair? What what products are you currently using? What do you like and dislike about those products? Figuring out that market research so that you can either so that you can switch your product around if necessary to fit that gap that's there. But you really have to know as much as possible. It's way more than just having this natural hair care product and selling it. The way that people are going to get excited about it is or the way that you're not even going to have to work as hard to sell it is if it's, it's solving some type of problem that presents itself with kids because you're marketing to children. So you're marketing to children, but you're marketing to parents because they're the one buying it. So you have to make sure that you are feeling the need or solving the problem of kids' hair and then also appealing to the parents that's going to be spending the money. So I suggest you guys really go back to the drawing board and figuring out those things so that it can become a whole lot easier to sell them. And then even as I was just did a quick Google search of you guys, you guys said that you were a hair care brand, but most of the people, I think I saw a couple YouTubers talking about the product. They were like young 20 somethings. So as far as branding goes, um, and even marketing, I don't see how that aligns with you trying to sell to kids because the girls in the videos look like me. So I would assume based off of this person talking about it, that you would be selling to me. So, again, just making sure that you get that unique selling proposition together and figuring out that product, that problem that you're solving. So then you can start making smart marketing decisions. So instead of giving it to this young millennial YouTuber, you can give it to this mommy blogger. 
daughter or this mom who has a tribe of other moms. So and you allow them to do a review of the product. So now not only do um, their audience see it, but they have a very specific audience of your target audience. So they have a, a very specific audience of mothers with daughters. And now that you've given your product to them and they're reviewing it and talking about it, you're being a lot more strategic as opposed to just giving it to any beauty blogger or vlogger. A great example of this is one of my former clients. You did ask if I work with people one-on-one. I don't anymore, but I do have a recommendation for you. So I'll send you someone um, who's a business coach that I think will really help with this. Um, But yeah, so I had a former client. The name of her business is Fahari Naturals. And so her business, when we talked, she wanted to increase sales. She wasn't getting the sales that she was looking for and things like that. So we went over the information about her business and she had great packaging. Um, she had a beautiful, like the packaging and the branding was beautiful, but she wasn't getting the sales that she was looking for. So we went and dug a little bit deeper into her marketing to figure out what the issue was. So I remember when, when, when I first did, like uh, I used to do an audit. So I pretty much look at everybody's digital presence. So I'm looking at Facebook, Instagram, website, as much as I can find about you and then giving suggestions on how to increase your return on investment. So, um, yeah. So with her, I was asking her about the product. I'm like, okay, you have these, these great skincare products, but what problems do they solve? And so she began to tell me about how people who had acne or like dry skin or itchy scalp, they've been able to use her products to solve that problem so I was like perfect so what we did was on her website for example we switched it up to where now you can shop by concerns so as opposed to us just going on her website and seeing a bunch of her products now the website is a little is not a little bit but the website is more customer focused as opposed to business focused so now as the consumer I can I have let's say dry scalp so for me I have like itchy scalp so if I'm going on the website and I see shop by concerns and I have an itchy scalp I can easily click on this and I can learn about this product that's going to help solve my specific problem and um, her unique selling proposition also was they were a hundred percent natural and they and they promoted, um, what's it called? Label transparency. So she was saying that a lot of other natural skincare brands or natural brands in general, they always talk about being natural. But then when you look at the label of the of the product, you don't even know what half of that stuff says. So if it's really natural, why don't I know what this stuff means? And so bec- so with her brand, I was like, perfect. We're going to highlight the, um, the fact that you guys have label transparency, that somebody can look at your product and know exactly what it is. And so that's what we did. So now when you go on her website, you can shop by concern. So as the consumer, I can go click on itchy scalp and find the product that works for me. And while I'm there, I can learn exactly what's in the product so I know why it's working for my hair. And it allows me to connect with the brand because they're solving my problem for one. And um, I can trust them more because I know what's in the product. So these things really worked and helped increase her bottom line. She's been featured in, I think it was British Vogue. Um, and she's been just really excelling 
just by making these slight adjustments. So again, for you, I would say really go back to the drawing board with your partner and figuring out who is going to do what, what our priorities are so that we're maximizing everybody's time. And then also figuring out what problem does our product solve and what is going to be our unique selling proposition. Is the problem tangledness, tangledness of kids' hair? What is it? Is the problem that kids don't like getting their hair done? If that's the case, then how how can we create something that makes the the experience more enjoyable for the child? Uh, can we include something to where it's like a mommy and me product so the child gets to do something while the mom is doing something and make it fun? I don't I'm just throwing things out here, um, but really figuring out like what what can we do that's unique and what problem it exists that we can solve with our product. Now, the second part of your question was about the fitness business. And I, I wanted to point out that in both of your questions, you talked about passion and the, the danger of focusing on passion is passion is an emotion and our emotions are never reliable. And so I highly suggest you ask like, am I doing too much if I wanted to grow the fitness business or whatever? I don't think if if it's really meant for you to do, I don't think it's doing too much, but I highly suggest that you really take a step back for a second, because if you're going with what you're passionate about, then what happens when that passion goes away? And a lot of us do that. We gravitate to the things that we're passionate about. Then we say, oh, I want to monetize this. So we try to create this business, but adding, creating something into a business adds a lot of not so passionate things, especially if business isn't your area of expertise. It's a lot of logistics that go behind creating and growing a business. And so if that's not what you want to do, then the passion goes away. So now something that you once loved has become a job because you decided to monetize it. So I do, I, I would suggest that to not go off your passion and to really seek God to figure out and take a step back and seek God to figure out, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is this the vehicle that you have for me? What what do you want me to focus on? Is it the fitness? Is it the um, natural hair care line? What is it that you want me to focus on? And then go from there. Because I know I know for me, I'm passionate about a lot of things. I love to cook. I love to to, to throw little events for my friends. So we had like had a really fun bridal um, bridal party brunch. Um, we did a cookout recently. I know when we move into our house, I'm going to do a lot of entertaining. I like stuff like that. I like getting my close circle together, but I have no desire to throw events for money. You know what I mean? Or I'm excited. I like to mix stuff up. So I like um, to mix different hair oils and I like to, I'm always on Pinterest. So I like to mix up little face masks and stuff sometimes, but I have no desire to package those things for a business because those are just things that make me happy. So if we try to monetize everything that makes us happy, then what's going to be left, left, that actually makes us happy and it's not another business obligation. And so I, I really suggest that you not focus just on what you're passionate about, but really seek God to figure out what do you want me to do? God is fitness just something that 
I enjoy, something that keeps me healthy, something that helps me clear my mind. It's, it's, it can be something fun that you include other people in, but really seek God to figure out, is this something that I need to do as a business? Or is this hair care line something I need to focus on? Or is it neither? God, what do you want me to do? So that's what happens when you surrender all to God. You put your passions aside and you really position yourself under him to figure out what do you want me to do? And then once he gives you that answer go back to last week's episode where I talked about um, how to get the strategy from God but after he gives you that answer then start working on the how um yeah so that would be my advice for that let me see what how we're doing on time Okay, so we're right at the 45 minute mark. So I'm going to stop here. If you have any questions, go to uh, black girl, Lord have mercy, go to blessed and bossed click on the ask a boss tab, or you can send me an email Tatum at TatumTamia.com. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And I will talk to you guys next week. Amazon Business Honors, Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business.